0: Block Talk Radio.
1: This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Hearing that sound, you know exactly what that means. It is Attitude Era Monday live on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we're going to have a uh, interesting show uh, tonight because, well, we don't know what's going to happen. We have uh, guests postponing, guests canceling, guests rescheduling. Oh, man, and uh, we have different co-hosts, so this is going to be an interesting thing. Let's start out by saying, uh, I believe Ken is on this mic here. Is it is it this one? It's number 3. Whichever one number 3. is. That's my mic. All right. And uh no pets on that one. He, he took my hurt. He took my gun. Yes, settle down. I'll park. Okay. All right. So, take 10. All right. Doesn't have anything. I'll gladly sacrifice my life and you
0: do and you know it's a way for chance. Cat. So it's I am on uh, Kanzap FM 89.1 FM. Thank you for being here in my stool. It should be Mike 3. Thank, thank you for taking pushing my stool. Well,
1: I, I do believe Mr. my Sir
0: Ken. I do believe Mike
1: 3 is on
0: uh with a Z, right? It's, it's, it's,
1: it's, All right, let's get let four. Oh, he cut
0: me off. He cut me out of my mic. What's my mic? Hey, let's put to the talker. He's in the studio. Modern
2: Nightmare Matthias. It's
0: just the interesting. Oh. You know. Okay, hopefully uh, you'll be able over here. Somewhat
1: of them. Uh, it should be on three B there. The button should be on three B. I have you. I have you on. KB good. Go with, uh, KB to three B. KB to three B. And Matthias um, is here. He is indeed. Ken Bart.
0: All right.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's start the show here. Let's start the show here. Uh we're on eighty nine point so one kids FM and uh we uh have a uh, big show here tonight, obviously. Uh our what is that? That's me. as the last
0: is booming he's
2: booming can the mic. Yeah, I'm just he's trying to get your mic turned on. Cell you cell must back. have it turned up pretty Hi. high. Yeah, we can't roll.
0: do I? Hot action. Yeah, hey, because uh give me some more bass on this. Give me some
2: bass. There we go. All right. I don't know uh, I'm back. <laughs> So yeah. I'm not getting anything
0: on my mic. Hey, well, like, we,
2: we hear you. Heads into to
0: Ken. Heads to yeah, Ken. It's
2: getting in through, uh, different
0: No, things. no, no. It's coming to the background. Uh, he needs some bass. Ken. Uh, okay, some... I have all the mics on. No. Right? So there's some reason why
2: it's not working.
0: I, I was talking to I, the background. Su- I'm, I'm, sure I'm, I'm sure this is riveting for everybody no, else. No, no, no. Look to me. Hey, to me, it's like uh little very... Well, you have his yeah. mic turned off,
1: right? Yeah. Now, now we're trying to figure out which mic uh, your button is under and why it's not working.
0: I was trying uh, to F- trying
1: F- to F- talk into F- the F- back
0: end of his mic. This is my mic. Checks one, two. Sibilance. Sibilance. Wait a this here. This is like really weird. Well, cause well like I like said, as I as I talk in the background. Uh, Ken is, uh both I mics are him. on he, he's diving into the back of the console this is a radio console this is an f m radio huff it's like an f m radio with an a Yo, just can
3: uh, so sound
0: no i'm just i'm i'm clear that's
2: correct right. so he's he's like okay are you listen. On? All right, your mic is on a he's
1: pulling so that's
2: on b Ken. I think I should be on three so he will on this one he don't stop, and
1: they're, and they're, and like I say, it is on. So I don't know where did Matthias go, and and, and oh gosh,
0: we lost our like good Matthias. The modern nightmare.
2: Well, I, we're, we're trying to get everything looked up here, so that no, everybody can get to out do up it. here. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm thinking. Uh, this, you know, this is very important. Hey,
1: Matthias, how are you, man? You. Uh, you know, I'm thinking uh um,
2: pull up a chair in there, guy. Uh you're uh you're on that mic. You're Got on it. the last one. Got it. And I do not know why. My is having an issue.
1: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn that one off while you're rattling it. Uh Matthias, you wanna speak in that mic and say hello and see if you're on that one? Uh, I can hear myself perfectly. Yeah, you're on that one. There hey. we go. Perfect. Hey, M- hey, Matthias. Hey. So, Ken, why yeah. couldn't we hear you on that one when you are talking into that
0: one? Don't bother Ken right now. He's in mastermind mode. Getting broken. Uh, All right. Hey, I, stupid.
1: It should be on B. Well, here's what here's what we're gonna do uh, next. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to iron out these technical difficulties uh, before
0: <laughs> we we'll come of, on here. To the magic of television. All right. Well,
1: i tell you what, right, Matt, uh, Matthias, you're up here. Tell
4: us, uh, we missed you last week. What's new with you, buddy? Tell us. Uh, well, you know, just going through some uh, a lot of things and uh, through life and some personal struggles and stuff like that. But uh, with health and uh, family issues and personal issues, so I've been kind of uh, – Keeping back and doing things on my own for a little bit, just trying to figure my own stuff out. But uh, you know, as uh, as the show goes on, and I'm back to uh, getting back on the the train here at 89.1 Ken's FM, and just got done wrestling last weekend. So I mean, uh, yeah. Other than that, just wrestling and working. Well, I tell you what, I hate to say this, but right now, if this show was
1: on a uh, on a rail, it was on the track. The Train has derailed and it's, yeah. on, it's ah. in flames right now. I, right. I hear trying to come coming. So anyway, so uh, we I'll meet on the that, Let's uh, talk about uh, what guests we have on. Uh, we have uh, David P. Cal. He's, he's a director. Wait, 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 wait. wait. We have Jeff? And we have Amanda Morgan as well. Because we don't have Jeff. Our uh, our third guest had to postpone. So. Anyway, let's uh, catch everybody up with what's going on with me. Uh, unfortunately, you know the uh, Bison uh, uh, loss to our, I guess it's not really our have anymore. Stopped. Yeah, turn on three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you on that
2: one? Hey,
1: hey, we're gonna have to
2: change some stuff here.
1: All right. Change. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I will. Top. I will turn off the mic. Okay. And then uh, let me know when you want me to turn on to test it. Like I say, this hey, is really Burbank Radio. Hey. This is is like a grassroots radio right now. So, Matthias, let me ask you this. If you're you're about to go in the ring and your opponent uh, is uh, unprepared like this, what would you do?
4: Well, I've actually had uh, that happen quite a bit. Uh, You know, when you're out there in the ring, you get pretty nervous. Uh, You're not ready. Like sometimes people aren't ready to go out there. They're a little nervous. They're a little scared. Um, I've had a lot of people trip up before. I've had a lot of people get lost. I've had a lot of people, you know, do a lot of do a lot of different things. So what you got to do is you got to improvise and you got to, you just got to do what you need to do and take care of what you need to take care of. And you know, you'll get the job done either way, one way or another. So just like with this, uh, when technical difficulties come around, you've got to you got to pony up and you'll improvise and you'll find a new way to make something work, one way or another. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. I have
1: I have full faith in Ken uh, that he's going to fix whatever issues we're having.
4: Well, Ken is a genius. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell giddy
0: you what. Giddy up, giddy up, Ken boy. Ken,
1: Ken. Yeah, <laughs> Ken, <laughs> Ken is the McGuire engineer. Uh, engineer of Puerto. Pressure's
0: on, Ken, right now, right? Bars, 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 can I do it? It's
4: bars, Bars, Matt, Bars. settle
1: down, would you? Waiting.
4: Let's see, are we getting any signal here? we got a he's bad channel He's working fever. E- everything, so everything is controls, on.
0: Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't
1: know. What's happening I, is uh, I dare make a theme song for But, but the main thing is we want to get this worked up before I our first know. guest calls in. So have, I know. Hey, I mean, you. Well I'll have to probably share a mic with uh, me. That's right with me. I I mean, I
0: mean, can.
1: Well, well, you know Matthias. Uh, you know, uh, usually uh, as a, as the big wrestler that you are, usually uh, people usually don't have to ask you permission. I just. uh yeah. Well, you're actually used you to people asking you permission to do something.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm used to it, but you know, I uh, I, get I get it done. I get it done. I sometimes do have uh, some duct
0: tape or something. Yeah. Ted,
4: hey, quit. I, just can fly. I got. It. I have. Uh, I definitely have. I'm definitely used to it. Oh good. <coughs> I mean, nobody takes care of my mic. Nobody steals my mic when it's my time to talk. about well, your when people title are, Yeah, especially the no, title no. belt. Especially or the title. Um, I actually had some guy at my last show tried to try to steal the title from me, and uh, well, I met him out in the parking lot, and that wasn't a pretty picture for him. But uh, when uh, when 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 my title's around my waist, nobody touches it. When it's over my shoulder, nobody touches it. When I defend it, nobody touches it but me. And, uh, unfortunately when things come to a head and if I've got to get physical with somebody, I'm going to have to do it one way or another. How about when you go to the checkpoint at the airport? Uh, well, the checkpoint, you know, you got to take it out. You got to take everything out of the bag, the big, the big things. You got to take them out. And, uh, so they can investigate, just make sure it's not a weapon of any sort, but whether it's in a bag or your wrestling bag or your carry on bag, it's usually on my carry on. And I just whip it out and show them, um, I just show them what it is and then they just let me on with it. Alright, so so no one's ever said, Hey, uh, you gotta check that No, no, they will I mean, like I said, I just whip it out anyway, so they don't even gotta dig through it and then they'll just realize it's a championship belt and then sometimes people wanna take a picture with it or they wanna take a picture holding the title and I say absolutely not, that's mine, you gotta earn it and then I put it in my bag and I just walk along and if they wanna get feisty with me, well, that's my property, and if you want to touch my property, you've got to pay to touch my property, or if you want to try to take my property, you're going to have to pay me for it because uh, the title belts that I hold are very um, exclusive. They're very expensive, and if one of those gets stolen from me, then, of course, I'm the one that's got a pony up the dough, so unless you're willing to pay thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars for a very shiny uh, belt that you did not earn, um, yeah, unless you want to do that, that's on you.
1: Yeah, I I will say this though. Have you ever had uh have you ever had to do they, do they make you uh um, do they make you uh pay uh insurance or anything on the on the belt when you're carrying it around or
4: no. Um
1: a lot of people
4: like in the big leagues uh the big companies they actually will uh they will have you they'll actually have a TV version of the title belt and then the one that the champion carries around well in regards to the league that I'm in, uh, the championship title that I hold is the only title that they have. Oh, I think I'm, maybe I'm not hearing myself again. So here it's perfect. Uh, but anyway, the title belt that I hold is the only title belt that that promotion actually holds. So uh, once they put their 100% faith in me, um, they put 100% faith in me uh, to hold that title, to keep that title. And if the, that title goes missing, then that's all on me, and I've got, to pay, I've got to pony up the dough to pay for it and get it back.
1: Now, so, uh, so, well, I, I'm guessing the company must have the thing insured, right? I'm
4: well, guessing. I mean, I sure hope so. I mean, like I said, those things go for plenty, and plenty of money. So if it were to ever go missing, they could get, do an investigation. Like, uh, for instance, when Chris Jericho lost the uh, AEW World Title uh, when he got it stolen from him, uh, he had to. He almost. I think that title belt that they had was uh, thirty thousand dollars. I believe it was. Wow. Uh, that was a $30,000 title belt. So with the, um, so when he got it stolen from his, uh, uh, I believe he put it in a bag and he put it and he was in a, he was in a bill or he was in uh he was in a steakhouse and it got stolen from his, the back seat of the, his rental car. And, uh, some, apparently some scalpers found it on the side of the road. It was in its, uh, it was in its bag and a, a lot of, uh, theories and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy theories have gone around to see what actually happened with it, but Jericho did lose the title, and he almost had to pay $30,000 to, you know, to get one because, like I said, those, those belts, when, when they want to spend good money on a title, they will spend upwards of God knows how much. Like, I think uh, the New Japan World Heavyweight title, the very, the old version of all the names and stuff, that's got to be, oh, goodness, that's that's that's. Pounds and pounds upon pounds of gold, and I think the title I hold is about seven pounds. So, you know, you do that with all the molding and all the custom making and stuff like that. And you you never know what the uh, what the price could be.
1: That is interesting. Well, let's well let's hope uh, you know nothing ever happens to that because I I, <laughs> I I sure hate to see what would happen if that would. Uh... All right, Ken, are you mic'd up
4: now?
2: Um, I got to talk through.
4: Uh... We'll just we'll just lean
2: over. Yeah, right. I've got to talk through. Uh... Uh, Matthias is
1: right here. So Matthias, when's Sorry. the last time you had a tag team partner that big? <laughs> uh,
4: well, actually, cur- that, that, that's a compliment
1: because he needs a you need big tag team partners. Well my, well,
4: my current tag team partner, Lucas Alexander, is about my size, six foot three, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. So uh, we're the current tag team champions of uh, NSC out in Minnesota. So we get the job done. We're about the same size, so we can uh, we can get the work in. So I mean, I'm used to having a guy my size with me. And uh, last I looked, i is about six foot six and two
1: forty five. I
2: think so. No. No. <laughs> well, uh, if, that, if, that, if that's what the, if you want to uh, portray us as, as uh, to your audience as uh, uh, me being over
1: six foot six, he said. Six foot uh, six and two forty five. I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, Pat, I think you're what uh, you're like six foot, aren't you?
0: And uh seven hundred pounds dry.
1: Oh <laughs> 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 tripping what? What? So don't need to back into this conversation at this point. Okay. So 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 Ken, apparently you didn't get that uh you didn't get that reference? No. Six foot six and two forty five. You remember a song by Jimmy Dean? Oh Big Bad job. Yeah, you said six foot six <laughs> weighed two forty five, you know? Got it. Narrow at the hip. Yep, right. <laughs> Broad at the shoulders. All right. So uh, we'll just wait for the first guest to call in and hopefully that'll be uh soon. Yeah, what? Yeah, I've already I've we've already covered that. Hey Ken. Hey Jeff, we got
2: Jeff. So, I guess uh probably the best thing to uh we got Jeff. talk about here. In the meantime, do you want to uh um this guy. Do a little bit of
1: promo for the uh, Halloween show and stuff coming up. Well, I tell you, my, uh, the guest is supposed to be calling in here shortly, so I don't icon. have. Icon. Oh, he's already on. So hey, here's what we're going to do. We'll, Who is we'll this a, guy? Who is this guy? Just wait. Uh, we'll uh, we'll and take a commercial break. Part. We'll go to our first guest, and then uh, after the second guest, we'll talk all about the remote. We'll spend the last uh, oh okay forty five minutes of the show. Yeah, because I I remember you saying that you had a uh, a space.
2: This yeah. he's a fill, so...
1: Yeah. so... Uh, we're good to go. We're good to all go. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll yeah, be back after ready. these messages. Yeah. So stay with us, sorry. and we'll be back. <laughs> uh, sorry, we'll be back shortly. So, if your spring
4: and summer projects include some concrete work, Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well, and all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at
1: 701-866-9018. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he's going to make it peace be with you. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a great director, and he's going to tell us all about some of his projects. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you David Peace.
3: Hi, my name is David Peace, and you're listening to the Attitude Era, Monday Live, Mondays on 89.1 Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, Ted Zing, and also the modern nightmare, Math By Is, and The Big Swing.
1: How are you, David? Good to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Uh,
3: yes, absolutely fabulous. Uh, uh, glad to be with you uh, here tonight, uh, Icon. And uh, how are things up there in uh, Dakota? How's the weather there? Absolutely fabulous?
1: No, it's cold. Uh, it's probably
3: uh, cold. Say it's a little cold. It's a little cold here in Denver as well, uh, a little nippy out here. Um out here in the mile high city it's um absolutely fabulous um <clears throat> weather here we don't have any snow on the mountaintops yet but we're getting there so i'm going to come out here and tell you about some of my projects and
2: things
1: um
3: well i'll start well
0: anyway. yeah and uh, uh we're
1: uh we're, we're hoping here in north dakota the snow uh and you guys can vouch for me on this uh i believe uh are we not uh hoping that the snow stays away for like ever
3: Oh, man, you know, North Dakota and South Dakota, you know, when I lived in Montana, I traveled up through there, uh, Scott, and, uh, you know, those flatlands with the wind and cold. Uh, man, it was it was bitter, man, and that wind was blowing about 50 miles an hour. I lived up in Montana up in Billings uh, for a couple of years up there in the snow, uh, just next to the Dakotas and, and that. Uh, so, yeah, man, it gets cold up there. You know, I, I, I grew up in uh, Los Angeles near the Angeles National Forest, where it's cold up there as
1: well. But nothing like
3: uh, the Dakotas, man, you know, with that flat land and, you know, the wind and everything,
1: man. That's
3: as cold as you can get up there.
1: Right. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to have some fun with you. Here's how we're going to do this, David. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable. We got, uh, well, we got four of us here tonight. And I will ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me and ask you a tougher question. But first off, though, we want you to give us a little background about yourself.
3: Okay. uh, Well, my name is David Peace. Uh, I'm an actor. Um, I'm a promoter, um, fashion model. I do stunts, a little martial arts choreography in films that I do and things. Uh, I'm a big horror buff. Um, I just finished a horror project uh, here uh, about two weeks ago in uh, North Carolina with one of Marlon Brando's daughters, uh, born out of wedlock uh, to Marlon Brando, uh, Danny Ann. Uh, she lives in uh, North, uh, North Carolina, and she does films uh, out there at the Woods of Terror, uh, Halloween amusement park uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. And that's fabulous where they have sets and things uh, of the films, exactly uh, the replicas of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, and uh, you have Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, the Freddy Krueger house, Uh, and a Psycho Award, so we just did a film up there, so I'm an actor, promoter, I do fashion modeling, and um, I'm working on uh, putting together with Kevin Oliver, a friend of mine, uh, who I met at home in Denver, Uh, we're putting together the very first BYB extreme combat sports uh, fighting gym in the history of the sport. Uh, in the history of the world, the very first gym uh, in the sport. It's been adopted in 21 different states. Uh, so we're putting projects together. I'm putting all types of projects together. So I was born in Glendale, California. Um, I have two grandfathers. I'm very unique in that I have two grandfathers that are very uh, important in the pioneering era of motion picture uh, history in between the 20s and 60s, uh, which was a pioneering era. And I'll tell you how that developed. Um, I'm from Glendale, California, and so were my grandparents. They were uh, Glendale High School alumni, Glendale Dynamites. And uh, my grandmother's high school sweetheart was Jack Stutz, um, who was uh, a Hall of Fame legendary, prolific, pioneering motion picture director. Um, and uh, he was best friends with Walt Disney. He was Mickey Rooney's booking agent and talent manager for years with the Big Grand Piano. Um, and on the studio a lot back in the day, they called those fellows the Three Amigos because they called the shots on the studio lots um, in Hollywood during the pioneering era. Um, And so um, my biological grandfather came on the scene, and he swept my grandmother off of her feet. Um, His name was Marvin Bailey. He was also an actor and soundtrack in the big band song and dance routine, The Six Hits and a Miss, back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, And they were a big deal back then. Um, They came on the Bob Hulk Pepsodent Tonight Show. You, of course, remember Bob Hulk, right, Scott?
1: Oh, definitely.
3: Bob, Bob Hope's my God. Okay, well, Bob Hope, you know, he had a Tonight Show on the radio back before television was invented, and it was sponsored by Pepsodent Toothpaste. So it was called a Bob Hope Pepsodent Tonight Show. And uh, my grandfather's band, Marvin Bailey, Six Hits and a Miss, was Rain Page, and that's meaning six men and a woman, six singers and one woman. They went through a couple of misses during the you know time. It was four hits and a miss, to five hits and a miss, and eventually developed into six hits and a miss. So they ended up being a big band song and dance routine, and they were a guest band on the Bob Hope at Tonight Show dozens of times. Uh, they traveled with the USO and Bob Hope to entertain the troops during World War II. Um, that was a big deal. They would travel like Japan, Trinidad, places like that, and entertain the troops when they're on leave and things. Uh so they were very big in uh the baby booming era and supporting uh our veterans and you know, World War II and uh, the great rich history and development of our country and the veterans were very involved, all those different projects. Um I'll get to that in a minute because tremendous amount of projects that Jack did as well. But Marvin, um he was in a, a film uh he was in um he did duets with Jimmy Durante. I don't know if you remember Jimmy Durante. would have been Yeah, 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 Jimmy Durante, right? Yeah, okay. So yeah. Jimmy Durante, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Duranty, he was that big song and dance routine, man. He was the big show back then, man, uh, out of New York. He dropped out of school when he was 12 years old and began playing piano uh, in a tavern in Brooklyn, New York, and he built a music and entertainment extravaganza. You know, he would mix comedy in with, uh, you know, his piano, his song and dance, and, You know, all the big players would come up there on the show, Liberace and Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe, Elizabeth Taylor, all, you know, Bob Holbin, Crosby, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. You know, the list goes on and on. Hey, I was going to say, what about Jerry Lewis? Hey,
0: Jerry
3: Lewis. Give Jerry Lewis a little love. Yeah, Jerry Lewis. You know, they were were fabulous. You know, back in that time, it was all one big, happy, uh, you know, pioneering, uh, you know, Hollywood family. Everybody knew each other. Everybody worked together. And so Morgan went on to six hits and a miss went on to do a trip because back in those black and white days, they did a lot of song and dance routines in those old films. And, uh, my grandfather and six hits and a miss, they were a big deal. They were a big part of those films. Every single one of their films that they were in, um, uh, were on the big screen, all of them, you know, every last one of them, uh, you know, tremendous amount of filmography, and so they did, the, you know, duets with Jimmy Durante and Umbriago, inka Dinka doo and other projects with him. Um, and uh, the six hits and a miss uh, was actually uh, used on the extended version uh, of Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, in the film New York, New York with Liza Minnelli and uh, Robert De Niro back in 1978. Um, So they were very involved. They were on the DECA record label, which is the same record label as, you know, Sinatra and the Rat Pack back then. Uh, So the biggest promoters in the world uh, that my grandfather, uh, Marvin, uh, worked with, you know, he was on the red carpet with all those fellows uh, back in the day. And they're a big happy entertainment family. Um, And uh, so they went on to do filmography with uh, the Marx Brothers and Groucho Marx. You remember Groucho Marx? Come right? come on.
0: Groucho Marx?
3: What? Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, hey, those guys made the whole world laugh hysterically, didn't they?
1: Huh. Yeah, can't give me a break, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, we David, do have some of those sorry, movies. You're,
1: and... uh, David Peace our guest here on eighty-nine point one Kent FM, and uh, uh, I, I do have a few questions here. But hey uh, uh, you guys, uh, we'll uh, go to uh, Matthias and uh, then Ken and then ted uh from what from what you guys uh from what he was talking about uh ken i guess was uh we'll start with you uh you know a lot of those guys that he was talking about well it's amazing because uh,
2: my dad was in uh, world war II, and uh he was uh, stationed in uh what was it uh south, uh down in the uh it's not the south pacific it's uh near central america there and uh, I remember him talking about some of the shows and things that uh, that uh, they would go and see. He was an officer in the Army. And uh, I learned later that being an officer in the Army gave you certain privileges. <laughs> one of them was movie nights. And The other one were uh, shows and concerts and stuff. But uh, all of the troops got to see most of those. But uh yeah, those uh, those were all names that he brought up and uh, I do remember him one time saying that um uh some of the lounge lizards that they got <laughs> for uh evenings uh evening night out were less than spectacular. So he had to definitely uh uh kind of pick and choose what he went to go see. But he does remember uh, a number of those. Um, you know, Bob Hope was uh, a real big one, and then uh, a number of other ones uh, from back in the day. And uh, the story that I have is with my mom, and I've told you this before. And uh, she had a voice, and she sang in her local church choir. Very beautiful voice, by the way. And uh, she recorded some songs for her dad and sent them down to uh, 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 Venezuela. Uh, and, uh, you know, as kind of like a gift, uh, a keepsake-type thing for her. And, uh, of course, he enjoyed them very much. What he would do, though, is he would give them to the operators of the movie night, and they would play them before the movie. And every time her songs would come up, there would be this great big hoot and holler come up with all of the – uh, soldiers that uh, liked the songs that she sang. Of course, these are all movie tunes from back in the 40s, and uh, so if you, you're gonna translate yourself back into that era, it was uh, really quite a quite a deal. And uh, the funniest thing about all of this is, Dad did this on his own. Mom was not impressed. <laughs> those, those records, those
1: records are for him and him alone. Not the troops. So, uh, so your your mom never wanted to. Uh, your mom never wanted to uh, sue your dad for uh, the rights. And, uh, <laughs> no, not at all. I can just imagine what the, what that would be like. Uh, she she'd be like. She would write him a letter because you know they didn't have phones back then. I'll tell you what. When you come home, man, we, my age is going to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. No, it
2: was none of that. Um, uh, it, it still worked out. I still have those records to this day. And I've heard and, some of them. They are good. And um, um, I've done, uh, of course, those things are getting close to being, what, 80 years old now? Right. Uh, you know, audio quality back in those days wasn't very good.
1: And these were home
2: recordings of records. High the, fidelity. The, the records were old 78s. And yeah. uh, uh, it, was, it was the sort of thing that... Uh, New world order... Uh, it was the sort of thing that uh, if um, if you played them, I've kind of lost my train of thought. I, you comb your own hair. <laughs> hey,
0: hey welcome fabulous, back. FM, 89.1 FM. Ted, oh, quiet,
1: quiet, it. quiet, quiet. Oh. All right, uh, Matthias, uh, you know, uh, he's uh, he's uh, talking to us live right now from 20th Century Fox. I know you're familiar with 20th Century Fox. Yep. Yeah, a little
4: bit, a little bit.
1: You got some for our guests? Go ahead. We have uh, David Monroe as our guest here on 89.01. Yeah, man. uh we have a good uh, 20 minutes left, so go ahead. Well, yes, yeah, you are absolutely.
3: talking to the man. Go ahead. Hey, you want to wait on me? Okay. So, anyhow, Marvin uh, – daily actor soundtrack, my grandfather, biological grandfather. He went on um, to work with Abbott and Costello, who's on first. Uh, tremendous uh, projects uh, that he did uh, with, you know, like I said, all uh, big screen projects. And so uh, Marvin uh, had trouble with alcohol. He was an alcoholic. And he died of cirrhosis of the liver one year prior to my birth. Uh, so I never got to meet the man. Uh, my biological grandfather um, So my grandmother then remarried her high school sweetheart, Jack Stubbs uh, The only grandfather that I knew uh, Jack Stubbs, uh, prolific, pioneering, uh, Hall of Fame, legendary, motion picture director um, And are we still here live? Can I hear you, fellows?
0: Hey, baby, yep
3: Yeah, okay, I thought I heard a click on the line like we got disconnected okay, So Jack, hey. No, we're still here Jack was the only grandfather I knew He raised me up as his own and um, he started out um, as a stagehand. Uh, then he worked into uh, set decorator, set decorator to unit production manager, unit production manager to art director, and then assistant director in numerous uh, tremendous pioneering projects, uh, television projects and film. Uh, one of them in particular that we're touching on, the U.S. Film Veterans, is that my grandfather was the unit production manager in the 1971 film entitled Toro Toro Toro. Uh, the original bombing of Pearl Harbor. Uh, now That's an American movie classic, and in fact, is arguably the most accurate war film ever created in the history of motion pictures. Uh, more of a documentary, if you will. Um, you know, and He worked with some fabulous Japanese cinemographer, Nakiba Kurosawa. Nakiba uh, Kurosawa worked with director Honda in Japan in the creation of the original black and white Godzilla films that we all grew up on as kids. Uh, they used all those practical effects, you know. That was the person standing in a suit in Lego land. They had, the, had that certain camera angle and lighting with which to create that big fire-breathing monster, uh, which we all grew up on. It gave us all great memories when we were kids, uh, you know. Uh, so my grandfather in his facilitation in motion pictures, collaborating with, you know, traveler cinematographers like Akira and Honda and those guys, um, he developed his own uh, style of art direction. And um, he specialized in art direction, and he was actually uh, nominated for an Oscar um, in a 1955 film entitled uh, Love is the Many Splendor Thing, uh, starring William Holden and Jennifer Jones. Uh, That was a blockbuster. Yeah, Yeah. it was nominated for six, won five, including three Oscars. And would you believe my grandfather was the only one who didn't get an Oscar on that film or win an award in all those projects that he put together in art direction? Uh, For instance, to give you an idea of what he did in art direction, um, him being best friends with Walt Disney, Mickey Rooney, his talent manager, booking agent for years, big fancy red carpet sit-down dinner. Other than that, um, you know, he uh, developed his own facilitation of art direction and did all those old-school sci-fi special effects action shows on TV when we were all kids, giving us great memories. Um, You may recollect uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Um, He created all those apes apes yeah, he created all those eight suits with his hands. Um, see, they had like a, a big gorilla uh, mannequin and put this like rubber mold and all the molding around it and created these suits. And um, he used to tell me about how he used to feel sorry for the extras because they had to stand around in those suits for 17 hours while they applied all the other makeup and um, all that yeah, detail and those practical effects they did with their ha- on hands. So that It was a lot of work. They said he'd feel sorry for those extras because they were standing under the lights and camera for 17 hours before they could even shoot a scene. It was so detailed. So they put a lot of work into that stuff. Um, uh, Lee Majors and the $6 million. Yeah, you remember the bionic eye. Yeah. Mm. So uh, him specializing in art direction. Uh, There were some Bigfoot episodes that my grandfather directed, and he cast Andre the Giant as the Bigfoot in the Six Million Dollar Man Bigfoot episodes. And he actually created the Bigfoot suit with his hands that Andre the Giant used for the Bigfoot.
1: uh, Did you get to meet Andre?
3: No, I didn't get a chance to meet him, no. You know, my grandfather, I I wasn't born until 71, so. Um, Okay, and then, so. He specialized in all that fabulous art direction and things. Um, So uh, since we're on limited time, what I'm going to get at is uh, Marilyn Monroe. And so um, the history and development of Marilyn, and uh, her name was Norma Green at the time, was my grandfather, um, uh, Gladys Pearl, her mother, was a migrant worker from Mexico. Um, She lived on a Norteño-style ranch. uh, So Marilyn was Latina. And so like a lot of good Mexican women do when they come over to migrate to the United States, they uh, get their green card, their work visa and that, and uh, they apply, a lot of them, the high percentage of them will apply at these um, agencies to get in a live-in domestic worker, like a maid, you know, cooking and cleaning and that. And so her mother Gladys uh, applied at one of these agencies, and it just so happened that my grandparents, uh, you know, motion picture directors and, big business, um, we're looking for a housekeeper through that same agency. And um, so Gladys Pearl was tremendously lucky and that, you know, uh, they were paired with my grandparents through that agency. Um, And Gladys Pearl was hired by my grandparents. Um, Norma Jean at the time moving into our home, uh, you know, eating at our table, uh, living under our roof, and sleeping in the bed with my mom when they were little girls. You know, they were like sisters. They were inseparable. So you know, my point is just this. Uh, You know, uh, they took Marilyn Monroe's hair follicles and takes it back to some fellow who must have had um, a one night stand with uh, Gladys or something. Um, He wasn't, you know, there to raise, you know, uh, you know, Norma Jean. You know, when they moved into our home, my grandparents uh, discovered uh, that Gladys Pearl had a mental illness and she wasn't really fit to raise a child. Um, so they assumed the parenting responsibilities and raised her and got her her start in the motion picture industry. Um, so later on in my grandfather Jack's career, he was working on the film The Seven Year Itch. And this is the iconic scene where she stands on the subway, white dress flows up, shows her skin and legs, drives the whole world bananas. Uh, the iconic scene, um, arguably the most iconic, famous scene in film history and um, arguably the most, uh, you know, famous image on the planet. Uh, argument. Your, um, your grandfather did that scene? So I'm going to tell you how that scene developed. Um, is that as my grandfather worked his way up in the facilitation in the motion and motion picture industry uh, from a stagehand, set decorator, production manager, art director, assistant director, as he was learning those facilitations during that film, he served in one of two props guys. And, you know, the guy taking out the wardrobe and stuff. Um, so the filmmakers asked my, my grandfather Jack, they said, you know, what do you think about Maryland? And he says, well, you know, I think we should pick out a delightful dress. We should stand it on the subway and blow up the dress in a scene, showing their skin and legs, and drive the whole world bananas. And that's exactly what those filmmakers did. They said, Jack, that's a great idea. Now we're going to shoot that scene. Now go into wardrobe and pick out a dress. And so he hand the dress. Um, his idea used in that film ends up being, uh, becoming the most iconic image in all film history, um, and arguably the most iconic image in the world. Um, so he yes, he's the creator of the delicious breeds. Yes, um, he you know, also was. Go ahead.
1: You know the interesting thing about that scene is uh, you can pr- pretty much see that uh, anything that you see with uh, Marilyn Monroe, any picture you always see her on uh, in that scene with the with the white dress. Uh, every time you see pictures of Marilyn Monroe, you can always see it. And now Ken, I know that you've probably seen that movie, right? I have seen that
2: image a million times and it's just it's uh, um it's like you say it's it's iconic it's uh, something that you remember forever because of uh the uh the loudness of it whatever um it captivated you and uh you always uh, always remembered seeing it and uh, for the longest time as a little kid I always wondered how did they get her dress to fan out like that, and then I realized later on that that was an effect. It was an effect. Of, my grandfather,
3: uh, blowing uh, my grandfather was was standing in there with the fan blowing the dress up as they shot the scene, sir.
0: No way!
1: Wow, that's awesome. That's how, that's how oh, wow.
3: effect. So,
1: uh, yeah. the effect. My grandfather created the effect. So so you could say that you're related to the guy that looked up Marilyn Monroe's dress. That's pretty awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the only one that got to. And would you believe that my grandfather, Jack Stubbs, only had one eye his entire life? He wore a patch over his eye. The other eye like he lost as, as the result of a childhood accident with the pinwheel that poked out his cornea. He was playing with the wow. pinwheel and got his eyeball too close to it. Yeah. Hey, wore Pat's all his life. He only had one eye with all those, all those projects he created with one eye. I had a
1: nickel for every time. Well, I Well, well, you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, don't take this, don't take this wrong way, but I'm sure when he was uh, doing the thing with Marilyn Monroe, he had twenty-twenty vision. I know I would. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo! Yeah.
3: I think the whole world did. They, they
1: <laughs> still did. Uh, so uh, we have uh, David Monroe. I <laughs> we only got a few minutes here, so we uh, so we can uh, so we don't what forget pleasure, about doing this pleasure. By the way, if. Uh, yeah, uh, if our fans
3: wanna check out Chief, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got, David? You. Yeah, I've got uh, Instagram is Irish Dave eight one eight, like Ireland, because my last name is Peace and that's Irish, so I go by Irish Dave eight one eight on Instagram. My Facebooks are both public, they're both connected to my Instagram, uh, all public. My life's like an open book. You can take a good look at everything for the past three years. I've been posting all of my projects all over all the big studio websites that my grandfather so graciously pioneered motion pictures for, casting all the icons and films he directed, Marilyn Monroe, Elizabeth Taylor, Judy Garland, Raquel Welch, all the big players molding their careers and trading their iconic careers in films that he directed and giving all those studios a great name as well along the way and giving everyone great memories, uh, you know, when we were children with all those sci-fi action films and things. So you can uh, look at me at uh, under David Peace, P-E-A-C-E, or I also have another VIP platform that is David Monroe. Uh, you'll see that, and Irish Dave 818 is my Instagram handle. And um, I wanted to go over the Intensity Fighting Gym, what we're putting together uh, with Kevin Oliver, Hector Macho Camacho Jr., we're putting together the very first BYB extreme combat sports uh, bare knuckles competition fight yeah. fighting gym in the history of the sport. Um, and uh, I'm here at Kevin Oliver's home in Denver. We're loading up all the equipment. I've been making films of it. Um, we've been sending it up to the big studios so everyone can take a good look at it. Uh, we've got the iconic judge uh, of all the old uh, pro boxing legend fights. so Cortez is coming to our gym. Uh, we have he's going to do podcasts out of the gym where we're going, and I'm going to help him set it up and assemble all the equipment inside the gym. Uh, when do you start it that? Up and, uh, uh, we're we're going to be beginning that. It's going to be in about a month. It's going to start. I think Kevin was saying you'd have to get more to him. So. I wanted to run by the website so you can contact him.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
3: Uh, the first one is – and this, this is all about, um, you know, me and Kevin share the same life experiences with gun violence and fentanyl overdoses in our families, and I'm sure a lot of people have as well. So we're spreading awareness that gun violence and fentanyl overdose are the biggest killers of kids in between the age of like 18 and 25 or something – uh, so this is a big deal, you know, uh, spreading this awareness uh, with the Intensity Fighting Gym. Um, I'm friends with Kevin, Hector Macho, Comacho Jr. I'm working with. Um, they went to the um, Pro Boxing Hall of Fame uh, inductee ceremony uh, about a week ago in Atlantic City, New Jersey, at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. And uh, Kevin's got a big red truck, uh, you know, it says, says stopping gun violence, uh, stopping fentanyl.com. And it's got pictures of his sons on the outside of the poster. Um, His sons, uh, Kevin Joe Oliver and Andy Joe Oliver, he lost both of those sons within a year's time, one to gun violence and one to fentanyl overdose. Uh, So this is a big deal on awareness. Um, So you can, uh, the intensity fighting gym um, is intensityfighting.com. Then you can go to stoppinggunviolence.com. You can go to stoppingfentanyl.com. And Kevin um, also has another project. It's called kevinscomfortcorner.com. Uh, this is where they uh, create blankets that they give away to victims and survivors of people from, uh, who have been victims and survivors of gun violence and fentanyl overdose. Um, so, you know, they give out uh, orange blanket uh, for gun violence, uh, purple blanket for fentanyl, and then he has a suicide prevention project as well, uh, which are purple and teal blankets that they give away. Uh, so this is very near and dear to my heart. I lost my um, my dear, beloved nephew, who was like a son to me. Uh, but he was a fullback in, uh, you know, high school at, um, in Billings, Montana, and he got into a little trouble. And he was like all lads do. You know, they're drinking smoking pot and experimenting at 20 years old, you know. And uh, some of those boys had some fentanyl. And uh, I lost uh, my nephew at uh, just the age of 20. Uh, years old. So, you know, I, I feel the pain, of what's going on. People are dropping off like flies, um, you know, and I'm real big on recovery. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of things unfortunate happened in my life. I went through a lot of tragedy and, you know, rapid succession in my life um, and, uh, you know, I had a little trouble with alcohol, you know, because I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin about what had happened, what I'd done in life and things and just didn't go my way. Um, so, you know, I got I got into recovery, you know. I went to AA, I facilitated the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, and I was able to remove out of my life what was blocking me from having a relationship with my creator. Uh, now that I have a relationship with my creator, it's thy will be done, not mine, and see what he'll have me be, and stay in constant service work of other people. Uh, so, you know, I believe this unique connection I've made with the universe has led me into the discoveries of a lot of, a lot of really good things and uh, brought me into contact with Kevin, um, you know, who shares that same life experience. I share that same life experience. Uh, We're on the same vision and platform in life, and I believe this is uh, a divine intervention, if you will, uh, sir, because I believe uh, that, you know, what I've made a connection with, you know, relieved me of the bondage of, um, you know, drinking seemingly overnight, like a miracle. Uh, So I've, you know, uh, through AA and the 12 Steps, So I've made a connection, and we have the same, uh, you know, you know, same things in life that have happened to us, fentanyl, uh, gun violence, and things. So, this is something we're moving uh, forward with. All the, the fabulous players, all the Hall of Fame, legendary boxers want to come. Uh, we've got martial artists from the United Kingdom. Everyone that wants to fight in the Trigon, uh, because this is the Trigon ring. Um, you know, this uh, the Trigon ring is the very first ring, fighting ring uh, in this BYB sport, extreme combat sports history. We got guys from all over the world that want to be involved, and be part of the project. And I believe it's something that, um, you know, kids will have a lasting memory. Like uh, when they were, when Kevin and Hector Macho Camacho, you know, all the kids that run up and get his autographs and things, you know, uh, that leaves lasting memories in children's minds. Uh, So there's something much bigger on the horizon that we can do uh, with the influence of this facilitation in children's lives and the future of, you know, our planet and our country and the future of our kids. Uh, So it's a big deal, you know, and, um, so, yes, you can go to IntensityFighting.com, StoppingGunViolence.com, StoppingFentanyl.com, and Kevin's Comfort Corner. So we're putting this project together. I also have a Magna Carta of my own. It's double double VisionForEarth.org, um, And this is a platform that I put together with a couple of fellows, and we've written, uh, that have solar electronics, solar remedies in place with which to create, promote, and put into action restoration and preservation of our life-giving planet and its animals. Uh, I'm very big on animals as well as my grandfather, Jack Stubbs Offset, was tremendous in uh, the animal kingdom and that he designed and trained and built with his hands, not by himself. Of course, he had a team of guys out there from the studios, uh, but they built the Shambhala Preserve, uh, the Roar Foundation for the actress Tippy Hedrin from The Birds with Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Melanie Griffith's mother. That was my grandmother June Stubbs' best friend. Um, After church on Sundays, she used to take us over to uh, the preserve, and uh, we would have lunch together. And me and Melanie Griffiths were running around in our diapers together when uh, we were little kids. That's her daughter, Melanie Griffiths. So uh, they my Yeah, so my gr- yeah, somebody, yeah my grandfather's tremendous, offset in building uh, that pioneering project uh, for the world's animal refuge project. That is double the size of any you know regulatory um you know wildlife preserving world so it's like a blueprint just like my grandfather's films this um you know Shambhala preserve is a blueprint for the world's animal refuge projects anybody who creates an animal refuge project they take a good look at my grandfather's Shambhala wildlife preserve to create viewpoints and opinions on how to create their preserve project uh so my grandfather so i'm big on animals i'm big on restoration and preservation of our life giving kind of its animals our world is in trouble. It's in a troubled place, and we need to get awareness out about all these issues and get something done. You know, let's uh, you know, create awareness and, you know, get everyone together uh, to, you know, uh, collaborate in an altruistic fashion with which to create viewpoints and opinions and put these projects into action. So that's what I'm all about. You know, I'm that guy who you can't beat because I'm here to make everyone win. You see, I want everybody to be successful and everybody – uh, you know, to have, be able to participate in our projects. And we've got some fabulous projects. We've got grandiose projects on the horizon in the near-rosy future, and it's going to make a big impact on our world and on our society and on our children. As filmmakers, radio people, you know, uh, you know, motion picture industry, um, we have the facilitation with which to create our own brand um, of entertainment. And my brand of entertainment is restoration and preservation of our life-giving planet and its animals. So I would urge that everyone go to intensityfighting.com, stoppinggunviolence.com, stoppingfentanyl.com, and kevinscomfortcorner.com. Once again, you can reach me on Instagram at irishdave818. Um, on the chat head, you will see my grandfather, Jack Stubbs, IMDB, so you can see all of the most inpatient projects as well. Uh, you can follow my whole life um, and David Peace uh, on Facebook and David Monroe
1: well we have uh, David david our guest here we're uh uh we got about uh, thirty seconds here dave uh and I do appreciate uh you uh, being with us tonight and uh i know that uh uh that uh, your project is gonna you said you're gonna be starting in a month but uh here's what we're here's what we're gonna do I'm, i'll contact you uh later this week what i want to do is i want to uh set up a, a show with you and uh uh your co stars from that project. And uh, you guys can all be on together to talk about it after you guys get it going, because I know you'll be doing that through the summertime. So I definitely want to have you guys on to talk about that more.
3: Uh, we certainly appreciate that, Scott. It would be absolutely fabulous. And uh, you can go to Andon's Blessings um, on uh, Facebook, and you can see a film that we just created of a podcast. We're also beginning podcasts, and we're going to be doing podcasts with Joe Cortez and the Joe Cortez Show Famous judge. Uh, a, a ring judge in uh, all the big fights, you know, in the history of uh, you know pro boxing, uh, is going to be coming there. Uh, so this is a big deal, you know. We've got all the, you know, and I attend the 2023 Martial Arts Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I know all of the Hall of Fame martial artists. Everyone wants to get involved. All the um, you know Hall of Fame pro boxers want to get involved. Uh, my buddy Harold Diamond, uh, he was uh, he played in the famous stick fight scene in Rambo 3 with Sylvester Stallone. He's a friend of mine. He's going to be part of the project. We've got all these tremendous names coming to the table, uh, you know, to collaborate in altruistic fashion to bring about awareness about gun violence and fentanyl. Uh, so it's a big deal, man. It really is a big deal. And, um, you know, we intend and Kevin intends on, you know, uh, you know franchising out more of these uh BYB gyms all over the country because it's a tremendously positive influence on our children, on the world and society, uh, the consciousness of the ideology that's pumped into society through you know, most pictures and entertainment. Uh, let's do a great thing for the world and the kids and people, everybody involved, and let's, you know, create restoration and preservation of our life, giving planet and its animals. My name is David Peace, and I, su- you know, I support world peace, man. Uh, that's what I'm all about. That's what my grandfather did. He was tremendous in, you know, the animal kingdom, uh, you know, for the animals and, um, you know, our, our world, you know, to be a better place for everyone. Uh, you know, because it's in trouble, you know, and we need to do something about it now. And the time is now, and we're putting this project together. So, yes, I'll get with Kevin, uh, Edgar Macho Camacho, and see if we can um, uh, collaborate some type of an anthology podcast or radio show, and we can all get together and uh, all talk more about our project in the rosy near future.
1: I appreciate it, David. Thank you for being uh here and I'm glad that uh you took time on your schedule and I will be in contact. We'll definitely have you on again. But uh thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you.
3: Intensityfighting.com. It's a big deal.
1: Gotcha, man. Thank you. All right. All Thank right. You, God bless. Uh, no problem. All right, David Peace, ladies and gentlemen. It uh, looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings here. Uh so uh I guess uh we'll go to our next guest after this commercial break. Yes,
0: than
1: we have, we have one guest. No, we have two. Uh uh, uh <laughs> I got I definitely got to say that I I, I definitely love David. Uh that was uh that was awesome.
0: That
1: was more than enough. Uh so anyway, that was uh uh so would you guys uh did you guys get uh did you guys get a lot of information from David, would you say? I I did. That was a question for you guys over there. No, I'm All right, so here's what we are going to do. Here, we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back uh, after these messages. So stick with us right after these messages, and we will return after this. The new WoodSpring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North interchange. Is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, our next guest is coming, and she is here. and She's going to be talking a lot about uh, her great horror films. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you at this time, her name is Amanda Megan.
5: Hey, this is Amanda Megan. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, and Ted Zing, also with the big swing and the modern nightmare, Matthias.
1: Hey Amanda, how are you?
5: Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys?
1: Well, good. Hey, we got uh, well. We got about uh, thirty-five minutes here with you. But what we get, well, we need to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we need to take a quick little break uh, to play the top of the hour legal ID, and then we'll come back to you. And we'll uh, we'll have the uh, we'll have a whole thirty minutes uh, with you uh, talking about uh, all your great feature films. How does that sound to you?
5: Sounds like a plan.
1: All right, so now we, uh, you have been in so many uh, pictures and films, mostly horror films, and uh, like one of my favorites, uh, Frosty's Revenge, uh, Horror Tales, Night of the Axe, uh, Butterfly of Black Velvet, 72, and you got a lot of uh, upcoming projects as well. Is that correct?
5: That is correct, yes.
1: All right. Uh as you as you can see, and I know that our listeners are just uh uh riveting this on so just kinda of fill time uh until our top of the hour break uh fires. Uh were you able to get that fixed, Kenny? Yep. All right, cool. All right, uh this is probably uh the most awkward show that we've ever done, Amanda. And I'm glad that you're uh a part of it. <laughs>
5: That's how I like it.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back. Our station is funded by our
2: members and these local and area businesses. Remember when you were a kid and your mom made fresh-baked bread and you couldn't wait to get a slice of that homemade goodness? Walking into Breadsmiths of Fargo will give you that same sensation. They offer fresh-baked artisan breads made from scratch every day, baked in a huge earth oven. Breadsmiths of Fargo is located at 1617, 32nd Avenue South in Fargo. They are open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. And they are also on the web at www.breadsmith.com. You're listening to 89.1 KENZ FM, KNNZ, Holly Fargo-Moorhead,
0: independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com.
1: And we are back here on 89.1 KENS FM with Amanda. And uh, she's going to be talking to us now and let's uh, let's uh let's start the interview over here, Amanda. So here's how we're gonna do this here. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a round table. then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions uh but first off, give us a little quick little background about yourself.
5: uh so I started acting in the independent film community back in about two thousand and eighteen uh The first film that I was in was called Salin. It might look uh like it, most people pronounce it Sam Hayne. Um, And then from there, it's just kind of been, it's been a very glorious adventure. Um, We've done a lot of different like networking and I've been blessed to be a part of so many different projects and meet a lot of really cool people. Um, So yeah, what else would you like to know?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you, can, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, according to IMDB, where we get most of our information about our guests, it says that you have five upcoming projects, a uh, couple in pre-production, one in production, and two in post-production. Is that accurate or is that inaccurate?
5: It's uh, pretty close to accurate. We have Anne Key, which is in post-production right now. That is actually not a horror movie. It's more of a drama um we have your mind now which is in production spirit board is in pre-production uh Sibylla 6 is in pre-production and i know i'm missing like one or two
1: <laughs> well let's uh, let's see. let's do a rundown here and uh we're going to talk uh i'll have uh matthias uh because he's a uh, he's our resident wrestler and uh this uh film uh, Matthias, uh, when uh, you're on here with us And you're going to ask a question uh, We'll have you ask her about Heavy Duty Man We'll talk about that in a second That's in post-production We have Killed on Arrival And that's yes, in post-production Yes, that's also in post yep. And the, is still in
5: post-production
1: We have the movie about Santa Claus The Naughty List
5: mm, Yes, I forgot about that one <laughs>
1: uh, And then uh, we have Phobias Project M
5: Mm-hmm. yes.
1: And spirit board doorway to death. Yes, correct. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna we're gonna ask you about those. But uh, uh, Matthias, uh you know she is a horror film uh, star, I guess a scream queen, and I know you
4: like uh, gals that are horror films, right? Yeah, yeah I'm a I'm a big uh, fan of horror films as uh, the shows past have uh, really uh, shown that. I would say.
1: So here's a here's a film that uh, she's in that uh, might interest you. It's called Heavy Duty Man. Uh, uh, okay. In, in your wrestling career, how many heavy duty men have you wrestled?
4: Uh, great of plenty, uh, especially ones that have hurt my knees. <laughs> so I mean, I've wrestled plenty of uh bigger guys.
1: And in that movie, uh, you play the gym rat. Correct?
5: I play one of them. Yes.
1: Yep. All right. And, uh, well, I, well, we'll have uh, Ken come back on in a little bit. But, uh, uh, Matthias, go ahead. What do you got for our guest? Go ahead.
4: Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSC World Tag Team Champion and APW World Heavyweight Champion, Matthias. Welcome onto my part of the program, Uh My main question to you would be, what is one of your, would you say horror is one of your favorite genres of film?
5: Yes, horror is definitely one of my favorite genres. I kind of, like, grew up on, like, Freddy Krueger and Jason and all of those guys. Um, I kind of found a love for it. Actually, uh, when I was younger, my uncle would babysit for us, and it was me... Me, my younger brother, and my two younger cousins, and so, like, it would be like a Friday night, and we would always watch Indiana Jones, and I would Party. beg him to let me watch The Crib Keeper whenever the other the little, the little Littles would fall asleep, I would, like, beg him, <laughs> and he always yeah. gave it, and here we are. <laughs> well, it
4: looks like we got a lot of talk about that, so, as you would say, as you said, horror is your favorite genre, would you say the slasher films are your favorite subgenre?
5: I enjoy them but I tend to lean more towards the psychological thrillers. I find that they're a little bit more artistic, a little bit more like I love that twist at the end, you know what I mean?
4: Yeah. Okay, so then um okay, so horror and then more psychological. Okay, I understand. Um I'm more of a slasher film myself, uh, fan because I grew up my first ever horror film I ever saw. Uh, to my recollection, I mean, I've probably seen many beforehand, but my favorite that I ever saw uh, was Scream, Wes Craven's Scream from 1996, of course, and that was, and, and in my opinion, that was uh, the one of the horror films that uh, really turned the genre around um, from, I mean, a lot of people, of course, you'll love your, your Jasons and your Freddies and your Michael Myers and your Leatherface and, and all that kind of stuff. You'll You'll really like the old-style horror, but then, of course, Scream came around and revamped it, as people would say. But um, I guess one of my que- another question I would say is, was there a, genre, a series of films, whether it be Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween or Texas Chainsaw or any of those kind of things, was there a series of films you think should have died out while they were ahead, or do you think that... All these films, like Child's Play and stuff like that, all these are uh, perfectly used and stuff like that.
5: Um, <laughs> I I think that they're I think they might have drug a few of them out a little bit too much. I mean, they've remade the Halloween so many times. Um, yeah. They have the different directors that are coming on board now. Um, I haven't. I'm probably gonna get a lot of flack for this one, but I haven't been a huge Jason Voorhees fan and. They kind of lost me when they took everybody into space. So.
4: <laughs> I understand. It's, it's kind of like when they, what they did with Chucky when, when, you know, he was in 1, 2, and 3, and then they made Bride of Chucky, which was more kind of comedy. And then they went to Seed of Chucky, which was full comedy. And then they went mm-hmm. right back into the horror because people understood the kind of effect that Chucky trying to be a comedic film really didn't work out. Right. And, 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 I'll kind of, and I'll kind of insert my opinion here in that, like, honestly, the Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street should have died when Freddy Krueger, or when Robert Englund passed away, because nobody can play Freddy like Robert. And when, in the 2000, I will never ever watch the 2010 remake. I did watch the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th. I did see uh, the 2019 version of Child's Play. That didn't need to happen, but of course, to me, that was just a cash grab. <laughs> right.
5: Uh, and I did see because... the remake. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs>
4: no, you're good. No,
5: go ahead. I did. I did see the the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and I did not like it. I did not like it at all. I tried really hard to, you know, keep an open mind, but it was yeah. it wasn't Robert Englund. <laughs>
4: no. Well, like you said, it it was absolutely not Robert Englund, and then of course people like. And I found this out, too, especially being a a big Scream fan. Uh, A lot of people that I found – there's some people out in the world that don't like the the new over the 2020, uh, the 2020 and 2022, or I'll just say Scream 5 and 6. A lot of people aren't fans of Scream 5 and 6, whereas I didn't mind them. But, of course, you know, there's still people out in the world that will still go to that film just because the name's attached to it, like Ghostface or – yeah, it, you'll you'll get that super fan, and of course, I am that super fan for Scream. Um, when they when they did four, I was like, okay, you know, this can be done. You know, I agree. And then they made five, where they brought Sydney back and Dewey and Gale, and I'm like, okay, you know, this is fine. But I knew that Dewey was gonna, you know, kick the bucket, and I was hoping for it. And and I hate to say it, but since uh, Sydney wasn't involved in Scream Six. I was kind of hoping that Gale was going to kick the bucket just so you know, it could just be like Sydney's the only OG person left, but I don't think Courtney Cox was having it at the time.
5: <laughs> I I feel like Scream also kind of has that, like you said, it has modernized uh, horror films from the slasher genres from the 80s to like the more now, and I feel like they kind of try to, I feel like that's part of why they're trying to keep it, extended so long and why they're trying to bring out fresh faces. fresh faces and i'm always exactly. i love seeing new people in the films i love seeing new people um get their recognition so like that's been pretty cool
4: yeah i i completely agree i i mean if, if like sydney prescott of course is one of my favorite final girls of any horror film uh but of course you know with um i oh my gosh why uh Jenna Ortega and um Melissa Slang, I can't remember her last name. It's more of a difficult last name to remember, but those two characters <laughs> becoming the carpenter sisters uh they both they but they both really done well in 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 taking over uh the main girl parts um the final mm-hmm. girls, as people would say, and the casting right. was was pretty good, and they all flowed pretty well and I don't know if they're and I've heard they're gonna make a scream seven. But, you know, I guess maybe they'll follow the Scream The scream film where Scream 3 was in Hollywood. Maybe they'll go back to Hollywood. I mean, who knows?
0: Uh,
1: Amanda Megan Megan's our guest here. We're on 89.1 Kens FM. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Arrow, Monday Live Monday. If you go to our other Facebook page, Attitude Arrow, Monday Live Monday, and Kens page, 89.1 Kens FM, you like both of those, do $10 a month donation, follow the tower. You get an automatic qualifier to win a autograph picture from past guests, current guests, and future guests. And I do believe, Amanda, if you have not sent us some, you're already going. You're going to be sending us a few autographs, I think.
5: They are in the mail, headed your way as we speak.
1: Awesome, and I, I can't wait to check those out. So uh will be uh, listening for our giveaway show uh, that'll be coming up, and I will announce that closer to it. Uh, now, let me introduce you to our other uh, co-host. His name is Ted Zing, and uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if he's a horror guy, but uh, what do you got? Go ahead. Uh,
0: can I turn my, my mic on?
1: It is. Go ahead. Ask a uh, question.
0: Zing in.
5: <laughs>
0: hey, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> Welcome aboard. Hey, I'm good. Board. how are
5: you? Thank you.
0: I'm doing a lot better now that we're talking together and hearing each other's
5: voices.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what do you got for me? Just kidding. So as you're considering your career and the turns, you know, the ups and downs that it might take, what do you do to kind of just kind of take care of yourself in the meantime?
5: Um, so I do the film as kind of a, more of a hobby. Right now, it's not my full-time career. I do have a full-time career. Um, and I also, I've started to do some, uh, like, modeling. Um, I've, I tend to do more bloody, like, boudoir-type things. If, if I have an excuse to get covered in blood, I'm going to do it. So I find that that's been really helpful to feed, like, my creative soul, too. Um, as far as, like, general... Self care goes like I really enjoy reading and being out in nature, and I do like to spend a lot of time with my family.
1: Heck yeah! So, so you had the opportunity uh, to be a wrestler like Matthias, or would you ever want to do a first blood match?
5: I don't even know what that is. <laughs>
4: hey yo, hey, get him back on the mic. <laughs> All right, you, you know, know what, what? Get I, him, Mic him up. Okay, well, Mike, I was my I was actually just about to. Uh, Go to the bathroom until I heard first blood match. Sure. So, basically, what I'll tell you what a first blood what a first blood match is is when two people or more people are in the ring, and the goal of the match is to make your opponent bleed first. Now, I am one to I have been one to spill buckets of blood in the ring. I have been cut by. So was our guest. Yeah, I've been. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, if she can say if she could say out loud right now that she has landed. Flat backed on, on thumbtacks, barbed wire, Legos, what? broken glass, and taking a and taking a, oh. a cheese grater to the forehead to bleed. Ooh. I think this. this. Hey, I, I think, have uh, not
5: I think, done any of that. <laughs> but, I, but I will say, and you know, and you know how like
4: horror films, how horror films have these like special effects and whatnot to make somebody bleed. No, a guy literally pulled me up by the hair grabbed my forehead, took a cheese grater and just one quick slice and that made me bleed.
1: Ooh. Oh, and what's
4: you
1: So uh Amanda, see you're you're used to having uh that uh fake blood uh, poured on you but uh, Matthias has to use a
4: real
5: thing. Yeah, I mean I yeah, I, I know. One... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. All the blood I've spilled has been fake. <laughs>
4: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I do it all for the fans. It's always an interesting time. At one time, I remember I got, I took my first ever chair shot. I landed on thumbtacks and got cut by a cheese grater in the same match. <laughs> then in another match, I got cut open by a sharp piece of a plate that got smashed over my head. I landed. I Ooh. took a barbed wire baseball bat to the head. I landed on thumbtacks and I went through and I landed on a table flat Where's back full of thumbtacks. And it just, you know, and and the weird thing is, like, after you come out of a match, and and, and John Moxley always would say this because he was a a deathmatch wrestler, as people would call it, where people are going, people are doing exactly what I was doing, except, you know, vamped up a little bit. But he said, there's no other feeling like being in the locker room, holding a beer, smoking a cigarette with half your blood gone. Like, he said, there'd be no better (laughs) feeling in the world. So, you know, I'm down to do a first blood match. You know, I'm always down to get a little extreme. But if she doesn't want to be my opponent, she can always be my valet or my manager if if this were to come down to it. <laughs> so,
1: uh, i so, have Amanda, to would think that about that a little bit. <laughs> so, so, so with that being said, I guess you could say that since uh, Matthias the actually real. uses the, the, the real thing uh, and, uh, you know, he was talking about uh, half his blood gone. Uh, Amanda, have you ever been on since saying, Hey, half the bucket of fake blood is empty.
5: I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Half of the fake blood?
1: Well, what I was saying is because uh, you know Matthias was saying he, you know, he spills he spills the real thing, and uh, he was talking about having a you know half of his uh, blood from his body gone. Do you ever say on the set, "Hey, half of this bucket is empty"?
5: Well, we we have run out of blood a few times. I will say, believe it or not. We have had a couple of people lose blood, not quite that much, on on set, and it's it was more so on Anarchy, which is the drama that I directed, and it wasn't on any of the horror films. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. Wow. It was an accident. The camera guy was washing dishes, um, so we ended up having, like, four camera people that day to get everything taken care of, because we're... We're very, uh, like, cautious. We take care of our people. Like, whenever we do a special effects or, like, stunts, uh, we do tend to be very, very careful and plan everything out that way. We don't want anybody to actually get hurt, unfortunately, accidents do happen. Um, fun fact, actually, one of the stars of Key, his name is Jesse Green. He plays uh, the role of Danny. He actually does uh, manage a couple of wrestlers over in the Hagerstown area, I believe, still. So,
1: Okay. You know, I do want to talk to you. Uh, Fun fact. Uh, uh, Amanda Megan's our guest here on 89.1 Kenseth FM, And, uh, well, we got about, uh, well, we got plenty of time here with you. We got about uh, 30 minutes. The one thing I do want to ask you about is the movie uh, Anna Kay. Now, that has won a lot of awards, has it not? It's actually won so many that uh, you don't have enough room on your shelf anymore, correct?
5: <laughs> that is correct. We can't even put them all on the poster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How many
1: awards has that won, and what is your favorite award? that? You, okay, it's a uh, several-part question. What is the, uh, the favorite award that you won for that film? What award did you win that you didn't think you would? What was the award that you won that you're most surprised of, and what was uh, the award that was the heaviest that you won? a lot of questions in one. Well, yeah, That is, it is a lot of questions. <laughs>
5: um, so actually all of the awards that we've won so far have been specifically just for the screenplay because um, Anarchy is still in post-production, so people haven't seen it yet. Um, so all of those awards are for the screenplay. Uh, Matt Anderson of Key 13 Films and myself, we co-wrote it, um, and it was my first time actually writing a screenplay, so all of them were kind of surprising and pretty cool for me. I would say that the one that means the most to me, it was actually awarded to us pretty recently, and it was um, from an LGBTQ plus festival, um, and the the movie itself is very friendly for, uh, for them So. That's probably the one that means the most to me,
1: and with with that being said, and you uh, you being uh, the director of this film, let me ask you this: what is the next project that uh, that you're working on or in de- or, uh, or unless you can't really talk about it, do you have a project uh, a project in development that you're going to be directing coming up that uh, the group here could come work for you on?
0: Uh, I'm all in. Uh, I, I just get paid Chuck E.
5: Cheese tokens. I can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, um, baby. I'm in the process of <laughs> writing a screenplay myself. It's just not completed yet. Um, uh, so I'm doing wait, all wait, of the wait, pre-production wait, 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 before wait, wait, I wait. mention any of that.
0: Wait. Okay, we're we're we just we just got this going right now, right? You know, <laughs> hey, I'm back. So we're on the ground floor here, right? So let's just let, just let spice it up a notch, you know what I mean? Just throw a little something in for me and yeah, uh, Icon over here, and uh, Modern Nightmare <laughs>
1: Matthias, and we got something going. Well, well, for this for this project, and like I say, I know you don't want to give away too much, but uh, do you know how many that uh, you're looking to be part of it? Uh, how many actors and actresses you're looking to cast? Can you can you let us in on that?
5: Um. I'm still writing the script, so it's not finished, but it'll probably, mm, I would say, 8 to 10 main cast, give or take. Um, and then uh, there's always room for extras when the time comes.
0: Yeah, but we're starring the ped thing, uh, namely me, <laughs> and you yourself as the love interest that is the lead queen character. Of course, I'm just a sidekick. I'm a side piece <laughs> sidekick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on, we're talking here. That's, that's right there. Shoot us a little treatment, I'll take you know. We'll
5: take a note, don't worry. Yeah,
0: take some notes and get your agent in on this and we'll talk to the icon here and we got some jobs. Go. you know I 'cause I'm sure, Amanda, <laughs>
1: as a uh, as a independent film director, uh, you know, it's it's a lot better to have someone that's willing to come work for you and then get paid later rather Shock than wanting cash rather than having cash up front, right?
5: Uh, yeah, funding can be a bit difficult for independent filmmakers to come by, so that's definitely one of our struggles.
0: <laughs> you can pay me on layaway an easy payment of nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> and I, I will give you 10 blocks of my hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess I... <laughs>
1: Just keep it under advisement. Yeah, I I I don't know if you want that uh I don't know if you want that kind of uh um <laughs> uh, uh uh vibe on set. But what? anyway We're we talking ha- about- <laughs> Yeah, we have uh
5: we have a Ma- we okay. have our guest here on no. eighty nine
1: point one KSFM. We got about uh, uh uh nine minutes here with Amanda. So we can do this here if uh, our fans wanna check you out and see you. Uh have you got a Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or TikTok, what do you got?
5: I have Facebook, Instagram. You can find me personally as Amanda Megan on both of those. Um, you can also check out the IMDb if you'd like to see my credits. Um, Aniki does have her own Facebook page as well, Aniki Dash the Movie. Um, I think that's all I can think of right now.
1: <laughs> Whoa! So when uh, when is that uh, uh, when is that due to be released uh, on uh, Blu-ray or DVD or uh, streaming?
5: Uh, we are finishing up the editing process now we got to get the score added to it and then we're actually looking at submitting it to a couple of festivals to see if we can get distribution that way so I don't have a specific timeline for that right now um, I would like to have the entire editing process finished by the end of the year uh, but it's a lot of moving pieces you know we got to check in with our editors our color correctors our composers so uh, but that's the goal um, and once I have a a date where everything's available you guys will be among the first to know. Oh, come on. So, what would be uh what would what would your ideal time frame be? Coming up. My ideal time frame uh for it to be out on like streaming, yeah. If we if we skip the festivals cuz I think the festivals have like kinds of uh, different kinds of rules when it comes to that sort of thing, um would be by uh early spring.
1: Yeah, because I know the uh, one uh, festival I'm involved in, uh, all entries have to be in by the first of November, so they can because they have the uh, the festival in March. So I know there's a lot yeah. of film festivals. Uh, you know, you have to, uh, but you you do want to get it out uh, before the end of the end of uh, 2024, right? You don't want to like submit it and then have it wait till 2025 to come out in film festivals, right? Or do you you just want to try and slip it in.
5: I no, I, w- I would love to have it out to the public by the end of next year. Um, it's been a very long journey <laughs> just to get it to this point, so I feel like the cast and crew are kind of starting to get a little antsy about actually seeing it too. So I want to make that happen for them as soon as possible. Wouldn't
1: it be kind of fun? To see Do you have an ideal uh, scre- a streaming uh, service that you want to have it seen on?
5: Uh. Not off the top of my head. Um, Matt Anderson, uh, he owns Key 13. He was the co-writer with me. We've been uh, going back and forth a lot about like what our goals and what our mission is to where we want to and we haven't come up with a solid plan for that yet.
1: Now let's go. Let's go back and uh, talk a little bit. I kind of teased this at the beginning. Uh, I'm kind of more interested, uh, really interested in this uh, uh, heavy-duty man. Can you tell us a little more about mm-hmm. that?
5: Yeah, so Heavy Duty Man is also not a horror, believe it or not. It's more of an action comedy. Um, It was, I believe it was ran and directed by a gentleman named Tom Chuhi. And the basic synopsis of it is that this gentleman is kind of like being bullied a little bit. And so he's trying to find solutions to get healthier and kind of get um, a leg up on the bully, so to speak.
1: And uh I guess the main character is HD Mac. He's a he's yes, an overweight guy but he's a sweet guy. I love that tagline.
5: Mhm. <laughs> yep.
1: So, we have uh I am loving this interview. We have Amanda Megas I guess here on 89.1 Kenseth FM and we got about uh, 5 minutes left here with Amanda before we uh get everybody else back in here. I don't know where everybody else went, but uh it's just uh, me and up uh, head right now. So another uh, movie I wanted to ask you about, uh, 72. Tell us about that. Uh,
5: 72 is being written and directed by a gentleman named Carl Miller that is also in post-production. And it's kind of our take on um, kind of like how, you know, how like everybody had to deal with the whole global global pandemic when it came to COVID, so we kind of took that and gave it more of a fresh feel. It's got kind of, um, have you seen Quarantine?
1: Yes, I have. Yep, Uh uh-huh.
5: It's got kind of that feel to it, just more outdoors.
1: (laughs) You know, and uh, you actually, uh, in that movie, uh, you actually um, were in the movie with a friend of the show, uh, Scotty McCoy.
5: Yes, that's correct. I know Scotty. And
1: uh, he, I, I I don't know. Can I can I tell you a little bit about Scotty?
5: You can tell me anything you feel comfortable telling me.
1: Well, well, here's the deal. When Scotty was on with us, I asked him, and I have this on. Uh, I have this recorded, and it's and it's all true. I asked Scotty about uh, trying to get you as a guest on our show. And, uh, he, of course, uh, just so you know, he wouldn't give me your phone number or anything, but he told me where to find you on Facebook, and the rest is history. Now you know why you're here, because he was nice uh-huh. enough to let me know how to get a hold of you.
5: I'll have to thank him for that.
1: And, well, well, you know, kind of, kind of skirt around it, you know, if you ask, you know. <laughs>
5: <laughs> right. I'm going to be like, um, excuse me, how did these people find me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, uh, then uh, after you after you do that, I'll, I'll try and uh, I'll call Scotty McCoy up. And I'm sorry, this number has been temporarily disconnected. If your name is Icon, <laughs> these are no longer <laughs>
5: available. <laughs>
1: right, uh, and or or they'll start like an anti-Icon page, which you're probably going to start after this interview.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm having a great time. <laughs>
1: Amanda Bank is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kids M. We only had uh, about a few minutes here left before uh, we, uh, before we um, have to move on to our next segment. But you know, one thing, Amanda, that's really really cool, and I, I got to ask you about this. It's kind of an ego thing. You know that uh, that cool little collector's card I made for you. I got to ask you, as an ego thing, what did you think of that?
5: Oh, that was really cool. I loved it.
1: And when you. Uh, let me ask you this: When uh, when you're making a film and uh, they they approach you to be in it, uh, do you uh, do you have like a uh, like a network like directors will say will call you up and say, hey, I'm doing this project, and I want you in it, or uh, will the director call you up and say, hey, uh, this uh, such and such uh, told me about you and we want you to be part of this? Is does that happen, or is it just basically uh, because of who you are is why they call you?
5: Uh, It's a little bit of both. I actually had that happen recently. Um, Sean Wright, who's doing the Spirit Board Doorway to Death, I worked with him on Night of the Axe, and he had reached out to me and was like, hey, I had such a great time with you. You did such a great job. I want to give you a bigger role for this movie if you're interested. Do you want to see the script? And I took a look at the script, and I was like, "Sold. I will be there. And then um, another woman had reached out to me. She is in the process of making a movie called Sibylla Six, and it was the same concept she she um I hadn't worked with her before, but she had heard about me uh from other people and was like, Hey, I think I want you in this movie. Here's the script, what do you think? So <laughs> it does happen.
1: So let me ask you this. How many you know, we talked about the, the the project that you have in mind, but and we talked about what you have upcoming. Uh are you able to give us an estimate on how many other projects you have in the fire, as they say?
5: Uh, for next year, I'm probably looking at six to ten.
1: Six to ten. And would you be willing to come back on to talk to us about those?
5: Absolutely, yes. Uh,
0: the main point, what we're trying to do here, uh, the only reason we have this radio show and that we concocted this whole crazy scheme is to get into movies with you, right, personally. Uh, so let's, let's get this going, right? Let's fire let's this up. So send I feel us like some that's how it should be. So, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, that's you okay. know, yeah, right. A little log rolling here, a little back scratch in there. Bada bing, bada boom. I'm Ted Zing. Thank you, God. All right. So, right, you're in, right? Let's do this. That's cool. Right. You're right. You're in. <laughs>
1: You know, what, what, one other thing I was uh, I was going to ask you about Amanda, and uh, you know, I can understand if you, you can do this or you hey, can't you know do this, this
0: but is right. uh, you know, this is what you want.
1: Uh, but uh, when uh, you know, when you directed uh, Anne Ann Key, you know, you had a lot of uh, you had a lot of uh, stars in that. Uh, what would it take for you to uh, hook us up with some of the uh, actors that you worked with in that film?
5: Do you mean like, do you want to do like an interview with some of them too, like a like a group thing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we can make that happen. I'm talking about group things.
1: Uh, I... Anyway, so anyway, so uh, you know, there is a there is a couple people that we would like to have on the show, like uh, Abigail Hendricks. Would be great. Yes.
5: Yeah. And, Abby uh, Stardust, Anna, and she delivers one amazing performance. I love her. She was great to work and,
1: with. Uh, and and Jesse L. Green as well. Okay,
5: okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He played Danny. Um, he is a wonderful human being to work with. Absolutely love him. I will reach out to them and see what their availability is like, and see if we can make this happen.
1: And I, I do believe you have my number, right?
5: I should. Yes. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait,
4: wait. Where's my number? And
1: uh, also, there, there's one other one. I, I I don't want to. I don't want to make this sound like a shopping list, but the other one, if you could hook us up with, would be uh, Michelle Mullins. This guy. Who's this guy? I'll see what I can do. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Amanda, you have been uh, awesome, and I'm glad that you decided to uh, 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 take time on your schedule to be with us tonight. You are awesome, and uh, we're glad that uh, you took time on your schedule, and we'll definitely have you on again, and we'll get, uh, we'll get the whole group on next time you're on with us. We'll set a date.
5: That sounds great. I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right. Thanks, Amanda. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, that was Amanda, ladies and gentlemen. And uh we gotta uh hopefully our uh hopefully our chief will come back down here uh so we can talk about our remote. Uh uh Matthias, now that you're back. uh what uh do you got any plans on are you gonna be wrestling the twenty eighth of October?
4: Yep. Uh actually I uh have an open challenge set for my World Heavyweight Championship, which means uh, anyone and anyone, can, or anyone and everyone, can jump in the ring with me uh, to try to fight me for my title. Uh, I promise you, and I have a special stipulation for the match. Uh, if you go on my Facebook, uh, it's been posted. So whoever wants to step up, either step up or step aside, put up or shut up, and get in the ring with me, and I'll uh, I'll embarrass you and I'll retain my title. Where's that going to be at? It's in Chippewa Falls, uh, Wisconsin, at the Chippewa Falls High School. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we have, we have a big event
1: coming up on the 28th. Uh, we're going to take a quick little commercial break. Now we're going to talk about it in just a little bit. So stick with us. We'll be right back. So stick with us. Help support Ken's FM by donating today.
2: It's really easy. Just go to Ken'sFM.com and click the Donate button. It will take you through our PayPal system. You can choose to make a one-time donation or become a member for as little as $10 a month. Plus, if you click on the Merch tab on the right side, there are T-shirts you can buy, bumper stickers and decals, and CDs of homegrown rock and roll, and also a Ken's FM clock. But make sure that you help support Ken's FM. This is the only way we can raise money. We can't sell commercials. Your donation goes entirely to pay our overhead bills, like electricity, internet, and various fees and insurances
1: donate today our future relies on your support thanks and we are at 89.1 kens fm we got about the 22 minutes here before our uh, theme song now we're gonna we're gonna bring our uh, favorite guy in ken and we're gonna let ken talk uninterrupted until he tells us that we can uh talk after this so ken tell us about what's going on
2: well it's kind of interesting uh, first off check your mic levels uh, Icon has always been one that uh, he always runs his bubbles really, really hard, and he's always talking like this. <laughs> well, you've hey, got to remember, I'm there's a the volume control, and uh, one of the volume controls uh, I would like you to turn off would be mic two.
4: Okay? <laughs> mic two
0: is off. Thank you. Quit. Sell down. Quit. Go ahead,
2: Ken. I think what Pet needs to do is to remember to take his uh, (laughs) uh, ADHD (laughs) meds
1: or whatever. So go ahead, Ken. Tell us what's going on.
2: It's very simple. Once a year, we come to you, the audience of uh, 89.1 Ken's FM, to do something very important, and that is to support your local independent public radio station. The radio station that brings modern rock to you guys, it brings local artists, local and regional artists, to play live, and it's all free. So that means that you can turn the radio on to 89.1 when you find out that there's a band playing live. It costs you nothing. And then at the same token, on the other side of the fence, it doesn't cost anything for you to play live. So there's no money exchange's hands. It's a win-win situation, and that is the service that we do for our community. Now, you're thinking, it's a public radio station. I heard that they can't sell commercials. No, we can't. That is one of the FCC laws, that public radio stations cannot sell airtime. Now, airtime is considered commercial airtime when you're able to generate money from selling a block of spots or a block of time on the air. Well, we do it a little bit differently. We sell sponsorships. Tell us about that. Those are cool because it's a little more generic and uh it's a little better than a commercial station that will hammer 20 minutes of commercials at you every hour actually i think i worked for a station that was more like
1: 25 uh or there's also those other stations that'll say uh for the next uh for the next hour we'll have commercial free cuz they can't uh they can't get uh the funding right
2: well there's some of that too so but the the worst radio is
0: least 45 you know,
2: 40%, 50% ads. Right. Well, the the thing that we need to watch is uh, what's happening to our media. Uh, in 1995, the SEC dropped the bomb that uh, opened up ownership, ownership limits. Uh, yeah. They opened up ownership limits for all the big corporations that owned radio stations to buy everybody else. And so what you ended up having is uh, a a half a dozen or so major broadcast corporations that are owning thousands of stations. Okay, well, at first you might think that's not a bad idea because you're getting a lot of corporate influence into the broadcasts. What you're doing is you're getting a lot of... Major network programming, you're getting uh, uh, programming coming from large metropolitan areas where they actually have the money to put together good programming like that. Has that happened? No. What has happened is the big corporations have sucked up all the small stations, put them under their umbrella and set them up as kind of like lost leaders in that their little formats will try to draw people into their network. And uh, you have people saying, oh, well, I like this station because they play this music. Oh, did you know that that station is also uh, uh, affiliated with this station that also plays good music? This is what's been going on. And we are kind of against that because what does that end up resulting in? You end up with radio stations with playlists that are really tight because they're going after a very, very tiny uh, uh, genre of music. And so you have radio stations that have 500-song playlists, 300-song playlists, and you hear those songs over and over and over and over. And what does that do to you? It burns you out, not only of that genre of music, but it burns you out of the music they're playing in general. So you have a, a station that plays, uh-oh, uh, classic hits. Yes, let's take classic hits. How generic can you get there? Generic, uh, like classic,
1: like, classic,
2: like classic rock or country like, or whatever, yeah, right. anything like that. What are they going to do? They're going to. Uh, I worked for a station once that uh, uh, we put them on the air, and uh, the uh, uh, the owners hired a consultant. <laughs> and in those days, okay. I don't know what they paid him, but the word was like two thousand dollars a day. Okay. What does this consultant do? Well, he's from New York, and uh, his radio station has been number one in New York for 80 billion years, and uh, he has the highest paid this, the highest paid that. We do the most research in this music. We do the most research in that music, and uh, everybody agrees that all the music we play is really great. And uh, he came in with 300 CDs, and that was their library. That was it? That was it. And so I was thinking, "Well, okay, and a friend listened because he he liked the type of music that they were playing, and I had a friend listen, and he said, "Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. They're playing this, they're playing that, you know that's all good music. He talked to me two days later, two days later, he calls me up and he says. You know, I've heard that song three times now since you turned me on to the station. Have your location. And so I thought, well, people are upset about that. <laughs> so I decided that when we put this station together, we were going to do two things. We are going to provide a service to the community, number one, and we are going to provide something that is not in this market right now. And so. And that's
1: local bands, right?
2: And. The, uh, we, feature, uh, we feature a lot of local bands, so if you uh, uh, happen to tune in to 89.1 at any time during the week, and you hear a little liner that says, homegrown rock and roll, that is a local band that has played live right here in this studio. Right where you're standing right now. And sitting, right. we've recorded it and uh, played it back now. Uh, for uh, the listeners to hear. Well, that's one of the services we provide. The other service is a totally unique format of modern rock. There are not a lot of modern rock stations in the country. People can get their music through a number of different platforms. That's fine. But the number one thing is we curate our playlists homegrown. So we don't use a corporate uh, 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 broadcast uh, programmer. The music that we select is selected right here in town and right here at this radio station. So when you listen and hear a new song, You can bet that it didn't come from some programmer in New York or or L.A. or anything like that. It came from somebody right here, usually me, that uh, picks the uh, songs to add each week. And the criteria is really basic and simple. It has to be new, and it has to fit the format. That's the only criteria So, you have all these other big programmers out there going, well, let's see, uh, uh, this record will uh, entertain 25 to 54, and then, let's see, we want something to fit after that, so we're going to need another record that will run like, you know, uh, 25 to 34, or something like that. Uh, We don't do that. If it fits the format, it gets added, and then the way it's rotated... We use a computer program to rotate the music, so um, it lines up really nicely. And when you listen throughout the day, you get a blend of a lot of different genres of music. Now, I will be honest. um, You're awesome.
0: You are 60%. Can I play are We are not
2: yet. We are basically 60% current, and then the rest of the hour is recurrent which are usually like a year old and then uh, 80s gold and then uh, uh, classic gold which is like 50s through 70 or 80 and uh, that is all mixed in and they are highlighted and that is another thing that you don't hear on other stations they just throw it all in the mix and then play them back to back
0: yeah
2: well what you'll hear when it's outside of modern rock what you'll hear is a liner identifying what genre is coming up. And one of the big ones that uh, that you hear frequently is the one where it goes, um, here's a great record from the past. I love that one. That that's a what? classic jingle. That is a classic jingle from the uh, uh, top 40 days back in the 60s. And uh, that actually, I don't know, it's probably uh, – long since uh, gone beyond its uh, uh, 20-year retention, whatever. Well, you know,
1: a lot of of people like that, though, from what I understand. You know, like uh, uh, a lot of guests that we've had on, you know, I give them the link to the station, and a lot of the guests we've had on still uh, will listen to the the station after, you know, they've been on, and they're still listening. But, Ken, let me ask you this. If a band wanted to – I got a song. I know you do, but if a band wanted to come and play in the studio, what do they have to do, Ken? How would they do that? Email me. It's that simple.
2: Hey, what's just email. What's the name? ANZFM at gmail.com. That doesn't get any easier than that.
0: Hey, and if again. you do that,
2: all you have to do is uh, just let us know uh, there, right? what time know. and what date you would like to uh, do the performance. The performance Most of the time... Me. What we do is we recommend having the performance on a Saturday night because that's when my show appears and it's live so that uh, they could be actually in the studio performing live for their peers then.
1: When, when is, when it, uh, tell us about your show. When, when is it, how, how they can catch it, the time and all that? Okay, Modern Rock
2: Worldwide. That is the name of the show. It's been going for 30 years. What? We've been broadcasting Modern Rock for 30 years in this market.
4: Amazing.
2: It's been on and off uh, a few times as it's, you know, switch stations and stuff. But, uh, of course, uh, Ken's FM is here now, and it has a permanent home. Anyway, uh, we started the program just before Kurt Cobain, Cobain blew his head off. Um, in, that was either 1993 or 1994. I think it was 94, wasn't it? So that would have been... Uh, uh, so we're pretty much right dead on 30 years for the broadcast. It was an interesting story. Uh, the station that I had built for this guy out in California um, permitted me to do a show of new music because he had an opening on Saturday nights into Sunday morning.
1: So would you record that and send it out to him, or would you do it live here and then?
2: We did it live. And so I brought all my records, I brought all my CDs and everything along, and uh, brought them down. And uh, with the help of one of the greatest program directors in the Valley, Brad Anderson, he helped me put together a format and an hourly clock, they call it, of uh, music and how to rotate it. And he was a marvelous person. As a side note, that was probably... uh, One of the three greatest programmers I ever worked with in the Valley here. Is he still around? What
0: about Jim Davis? I do not
2: know. I do not know. Do you know
0: Jim Davis?
2: Yes. Um, The uh, other programmer was Wayne Hiller. And he was famous for KQWB and programming that station. And then uh, Bill. I want to say Bill Williams or Bill... He was over at KVOX at the time before it became Froggy. Right. And uh, he was their program director and uh, was another uh, super talented, uh, hardworking programmer. And all three of those I worked for. And what I did was I took notes. I remembered everything that I learned working for those three and I have put them together in this radio station here in the modern rock format that we have. So if it does sound a little bit familiar, some of the things seem to be reminiscent of days gone by, well, it's intentional because they were all big influences for me, and uh, I tried to pick the best of what I could and put it together into a format. But back to the original thing here, our radio station, because it can't sell commercials, we can sell sponsorships, memberships, and take donations. That's how we got to pay our bills. The beautiful thing about this facility is it's all volunteer run. Uh, I don't get a paycheck. Scott doesn't get a paycheck. None of these guys get a paycheck. I each of you talking, no and paycheck. the best thing is that uh, when you have a dedicated, loyal staff like that, you are able to generate one of the most powerful, uh, loyal radio stations in a market. We've been on the air now for about 10 years. I think we signed on 2012. uh, It was New Year's
1: Day Eve. And what year was, that was, uh, you said... 2012. 2012, yes. I remember that day. I was listening that day. And then after that,
2: it was, um, uh, we had signed on with a low-power authorization, but we got on the air, and then we actually got our our full-power license, I think it was January 14th of 2014. So... We've been on the air at 100,000 watts, full power, for about 10 years. Over that course of time, we have continuously gained and gained and gained listeners. If you go to our Facebook page, which is FM 89one and you take a look at all of the uh, um, reports um, and the credits and everything, That uh, you can get on Facebook There Um, There's like about 50 of them And uh, they're all Five star Uh, There's a couple in there that have bitched about uh, You know what's wrong With your news what's wrong with your weather And things like that Who's that pet thing guy And then uh, I mean that's fine Uh, I will not edit them out Basically it makes them look bad Because There are one or two out of 50 that, you know, are complaining. But you can get a little information about the station that way. Obviously, we have a website, kenzfm.com, and you can go up there, and uh, there's a lot of information up there. And that is where you can donate. If you look up at the very top of the website, front page, there's a little donate icon in the upper left. You click on that, it'll take you through our PayPal service, and the PayPal service will set it up whether you want to make a donation, whether you want to become a member, or if you want to buy something. Uh, Over on the right side of the uh, front page, we have a little merch uh, tab that you can uh, click on. And in there, you'll find t-shirts. You'll find our clocks that you've been hearing about. I want a clock. I have one. to great. I need a clock. And uh, you can pick up uh, bumper stickers, decals, and uh, we have the volume one of uh, Homegrown Rock and Roll from recordings right here in the studio. And uh, there's a lot more to come. Um, This end of the month here, on the 28th, October 28th. We've got about two minutes. Okay. No pressure. We have a fundraiser event coming up. And this fundraiser event is going to be at Rick's Bar. First time we've ever been over there. They are at 2717 Main Avenue. And uh, we have a band, a local band that's going to play live for us. And they are called uh, Back for More. This band is unique. Because they have a the all of the bandmates are traditional classic rock artists, and uh the front man is a guy that you know from a numerous live performances right here in the studio and that's john jano yep john he's a he's a he's a great artist, and uh you're gonna be able to hear them play live. Starting at 9.30 on October 28th, which is a week from this Saturday. The 28th is a week from this Saturday. Am I invited? And if all you have to do is come up with a $5 cover charge, and uh, all of that money will go directly to keeping our station on the air. Obviously, we don't have any overhead as far as um, employees or anything like that.
0: So everything
2: that comes in the door will go to paying the overhead, like the power bill, the Internet bill, and insurances and things like that. You can do that. It starts at 9.30 p.m., and before that, another thing I need to mention is that uh, we will also be having a silent auction. This will go on before the show at 9.30 At about 3 or 3.30, we will be bringing in the equipment that we are going to auction off. It includes about six different guitar amplifiers, and I think there's three or four Fender guitar amplifiers and uh, a few others, all in good condition, and uh, we'll be selling them to raise money for the station, and then also some stereo equipment. I know for a fact there's a Sony... Uh, receiver there that is a home stereo, home theater receiver. All of these things are up on Facebook and on our website that you can see. So just go to kenzfm.com, scroll down a little bit, and then underneath the poster for the show on the 28th, you will see everything that we have that we are going to market and sell on auction. And we'll do the auction just before the uh, band starts at 9.30. so all you got to do is show up what about 6 or 6.30 or whatever uh pay your five dollar uh entrance fee and then you will get a ticket if you want to go to uh bid on something in the auction and then uh go to each item that you want and just simply write a price down bid a price and uh, make sure it's referenced to your ticket number so that we know who who bit on it.
1: And uh and we wanna thank uh, Randy Gallard for making uh Gold for making a poster for us. Oh yeah.
2: Website. Yeah, we actually have three posters so. for that Randy did a great job. He had uh one of the uh uh one of the things that I caught was the similar similarity between uh the uh,
1: Stranger Things uh, nice. yep. Yep. Makes,
0: hey, uh uh we
1: we uh uh we got we got about a minute here though before our uh I was gonna
0: say I'm gonna show up there, uh, to the Halloween uh uh fundraising, fundraising, fundraising event uh in my Ferguson costume.
2: Well so that's uh, another thing too. You can uh, show up in I'm costume not... if you'd
1: like.
4: I'll be dressed up like it. the
1: icon, obviously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, anyway we, we uh we got uh, we gotta get going here because uh our Thanks for having me
4: guys. Yeah, so uh, <laughs>
1: I I don't think we're gonna get to our uh, unfortunately we're not gonna be able to go on with my well. well I'm gonna I I'm gonna try to go with those things if I can pull that up. I think if my hit single played. So Alright. Can I stand uh, next week? Yeah, maybe. All right. Maybe next week. All oh, right. Thank you, no. We'll see ya.
4: To 89.1 KENS FM, KNNC FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at
0: www.kensfm.com.